It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome into a Fish Fry Friday. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. You know the drill by now if you are a longtime listener, longtime viewer of this program. You know the drill. We're going to give you our best and worst takes of the week. We're going to give you a brand new Richard of the week, potentially. Maybe there's a multi-time uh, winner or two in here, uh, probably, most likely. And, of course, we still have the last of the B or not the B for all of the central bank digital currency in the world. And so very much more. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni, And it's time for Critical Thinking. Mr. Pat Oni, how are you on this Fine Friday. I know that you were out yesterday, not feeling the best. Uh, but were you on the wagon again, or something? Or yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> for the first more time like in off, history, more like off the wagon again. But yeah, off the reservation. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back. Um, first, first things first. Did you watch any of the NCAA tournament last night? No, but I did keep track of like what was going on. My God, you should have. I I wish I would have. It was some of the best um, basketball I've seen in years. Yeah, I I I'm rooting for Kansas State at this point. No, thank you. Um, because they are quite the, the you know, like in a way a Cinderella team. I mean, they were How they were thirty three seed. Well, they were predicted to finish last in the Big Twelve this year. Right, but by the end of the year, they had all the respect they could possibly have as a three seed. True, true. They were Fair one point. of the top 16 seeds in the entire tournament. How are they a Cinderella yeah. story? Mm-hmm. Princeton in the well, Sweet 16 is your Cinderella story. Well, that's true, too. Yeah, you're Florida right. Atlantic as a nine spot. seed going to the Elite Eight is your Cinderella story. No, Creighton's going to win that game tonight. So you, You're still caring about your bracket? Well, I don't have Creighton winning that game in my bracket, but I think Creighton will win tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's a very distinct possibility, but um, you're not going to root for Princeton? <sighs> that bastion of uh, Woodrow Wilson? No. Oh, weird. That, that That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, last night, amazing basketball played in the NCAA tournament. One of the most insane final two minutes of any basketball game I have ever seen in that UCLA-Gonzaga matchup. And then... Um, yeah, the FAU win, that was just absolutely incredible basketball. And it goes to show you, I think, and I said this to my wife, my wife was watching that and goes, how the hell are they a nine seed? It's Conference USA. And it turns out that um, they're not actually seeding based off of basketball acumen and ability. They're just seeding off of name recognition more often than not. What? Uh, who do they play again? Uh, Florida Atlantic beat Tennessee. 
Yeah, Pat. There, there, there really goes your bracket. Yep. Yeah. Well, so yeah, because I had Tennessee, I think going at least to the lead, lead eight here. But uh, my bracket died with UCLA losing last night. Uh, my, all of my Final Four teams are done. <laughs> I'm still holding out hope with uh, Houston and uh, Gonzaga over here. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you watch that that Owls team and how were they in nine seed? They were like something like thirty one and three. Going into the tournament, they've lost three games all season. And do I understand? Well, it's a mid-major. Nah, it's not really a mid-major program. That 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 team no, that, pro- that team is fantastic at basketball. They were criminally underseeded in this tournament. They probably should have been in the top sixteen of the seeding in this tournament, but they weren't. So, well, congratulations to them for overcoming those odds and showing everybody why they should have been. You don't make the Elite Eight on a fluke. You just don't. Um, you, you make it because you're a good basketball team. All right. That all notwithstanding, I have one question before we get into our best or worst of the week because we're not sure which way we're going to go. Okay. Have you been following Julie Kelly and her coverage of the January 6th trials as of late, Pat? Not lately. But if you're going to follow anybody, it is Julie Kelly that you should follow. Yeah, 1,000%. Uh, because yeah. one of the trials that's going on right now um, is the uh, Proud Boys uh, Seditious Conspiracy Trial. Oh, I did see this. Well, there's two d- different mm-hmm. parts of this, by the way. Okay. Um, just so you understand the two-tiered justice system, and we have talked about this. These people are potentially facing multiple years in federal pound me in the ass prison. Okay. Meanwhile, the people in Portland, Oregon, who set fire to uh, federal buildings, um, attacked federal police officers, um, beat them within an inch of their lives in some cases, and did all sorts of not just damage to property, but damage to people. Um, federal law enforcement officers, which is a enhancement crime, right? Not a single one of them has served any time in prison at all as of right now. Now, in this particular trial, Pat, I will say this. Have you... Have you followed or did you follow what happened with the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping trial? Not not a ton. Okay. So I will say this. This was a... As we unfolded the story, okay, this is the problem that I have with the modern FBI. They are not interested in rooting out criminals as they have committed crime. Right. What they have what they were interested in is literally creating the scenario to entrap them into a crime. Vis-a-vis coming up with the Gretchen Whitmer, the person who actually created the plot was the FBI, not informant or human um uh how do they call it? It's HRC, I think. The human resource or whatever. Um, no, it wasn't that they got. It wasn't. Three, two, one. It wasn't that they got the information, Pat, from the people around them and they were informing the FBI. Mm-hmm. That individual and those individuals, by the way, created the actual plot and then entrapped and ensnared these individuals and then informed on them. And then they created this this facade that uh, these people were already criminals and they just got them on a an extra thing. Meanwhile, they were sleeping with them. They were doing drugs with them. They were all sorts of craziness going on. Creating creating the crime and then entrapping them. It is not as if we have already 
got you. Like, here's here's the classic version of this, right? This isn't that we have you dealing dime bags on the corner, right? Which is already a crime, okay? And then we implant an undercover officer, and that undercover officer um, creates a deal, right? And it, that deal gets like 10 kilos or some BS, right? And then we arrest you for the crime that you committed. It would be that, it, it would be this, Pat. We're the dealer's supplier, right? We're the ones supplying the, the coke or the meth or whatever have you, right? As the FBI. And then we arrest you for dealing with us as we are the actual dealer. We created the entire scenario, but you have never involved yourself in drug activity ever before, right? We have created and manifested the entirety of that scenario. That's what took place in that, that situation. So as we fast forward to the Proud Boys trial, I just have one thing to say here. Um, the trial has been suspended for a second time this month, meaning the jury is excused, the jury is not hearing anything. Amid FBI misconduct allegations, not once, but twice. Now, <clears throat> one day ago, Pat, okay, a new motion was filed. Well, actually, this would be two days ago now. A new motion filed by the defense in that Proud Boys conspiracy case, okay, mm -hmm. has accused the Department of Justice of not disclosing FBI informants. Hmm. The story gets worse. Those FBI informants were embedded and implanted within the inner circle of, wait for this, the defense attorneys. <sighs> Which means they were doing what, Pat? Gaining access to the privileged conversations between attorney and client, and strategic, strategery, right? In which they could do what with that information, Pat? I don't know. Inform the DOJ how to anticipate and block said strategy. Mm -hmm. The second time in this case, Pat, for the second time, not just in, two, in, in the month, but a second time in this case, they have failed to disclose a human confidential resource. That's that's what they call them, aka an informant, to the defense. This sounds like grounds for a mistrial. Yeah, that's exactly what they filed. Um, yeah. Is that uh, they have grounds for a mistrial with prejudice, meaning yeah. they cannot bring charges ever again. This is what is going on with January 6th. The FBI and the DOJ is so hard up. They have such a massive raging you-know-what to get all the January 6th people that they are willing to literally break any law, do any underhanded, dirty thing. Now, they infiltrated and spied on the defense team. The D.C. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves' office notified defense team today, meaning two days ago now, that a defense witness had been an FBI informant since the beginning of the case through the start of the trial. The confidential human source participated in prayer meetings with the defendant's families. This is worse than what took place in the Whitmer case. They are attempting to do what? 
persuade and dissuade and influence the defense of this case. You have a right to a robust, full defense, free of this type of stuff. Now, Graves' office continues to mislead the court and the defendants about the actual number of FBI informants. That's the point in the filing. They have no clue. Or the, When you go to a trial like this, Pat, okay, the, the big hullabaloo here is that you, as the attorney is representing the Department of Justice or the state attorney or the district attorney, however it's set up in your state, they must disclose to the defense, number one, their witness list, right? Number two, all of the discovery. And number three, within that discovery, any informants that they have been using. You have a right to knowledge of that. And yet they continue down this path. And oh, by the way, when you get to that phase, you must stop using informants. The motion filed by the public defender for Zachary Rell. Rell is the nonviolent defendant denied bail for two years by this judge, by the way. Asked Kelly to reconsider Rell's incarceration. The FBI caught red-handed spying on the communications with his then-attorney. Okay? The DOJ continues arguing that those communications are not privileged because Rell is behind bars. That is not true. That is 100% false. Even if you are behind bars, even if they're recording that conversation, that recording gets erased. They have no right to access any attorney-client confidential information. None. They have zip-zero zilch right to that. So, prosecutors knew back in December that the defense planned to call this person, by the way, this informant, right, this confidential human source. They were so embedded in the defense side of things that they were calling this person as a witness. And for three months, Gray's office refused to disclose the witness as an informant. But the individual continued to work as an informant spying on their defense during the preparation for the trial. So you... Uh, uh, this, you are, I think this is the level they're willing to go to mm. for these people. They're, this is the insanity of the world that we live in, the two-tier justice system we live in. I hope you follow Julie Kelly. It's at Julie underscore Kelly 2 on Twitter. I actually kind of take back what I said, though. I, I don't think that this is just grounds for a mistrial. I think this is grounds for a lawsuit going the other way. Yeah, you think? And, and then and then uh, I, I'd be suing um, for everything that they are worth. Everything. A thousand times over. Yeah. All right, Pat. With that having been said, I wanted to bring that up because I, I you can't ignore this. No, this is a story that that you need to research over the weekend, that you need to shine the light about. And that means tweeting about it. That means getting a hold of your representatives. That means exposing the bureaucratic apparatus of the FBI. Lest you think that this is just a Department of Justice um, hierarchy thing. I am pretty sure the rank and file members of the FBI, right? I am pretty damn sure that they have a choice in the matter. In so much as, no, I'm not breaking the law. No, I'm not doing your real dirty, dirty, dirty work. And here's my resignation. I, I'm not doing it. Well, well, you need a paycheck. Right. Is it worth your soul to do this for money? I would certainly hope not. These are the depths that these people will go to to not just get a criminal off the streets, right? But to entrap and ensnare and begin political prosecution. This is the most egregious abuse of 
the power that we hand over to the FBI and the Department of Justice I have ever seen. This is disgusting. And it continues to happen in case after case, trial after trial, the underhanded dirtiness. They can't play it straight up. They never have and they never will. That's the history, the entire history of the FBI. But with that being said, Pat, I think it is time for us to choose. Are we going best or worst takes of the week? <sighs> Personally, I think we uh, continue down the road of, of irritation and then yeah. give us our best takes later. Yeah, I was, I was going the same way. Let's do the worst first. All right. So my worst take of the week comes first, and it comes from John Hamaski. Hamasaki, excuse me, <clears throat> talking about um, an incident where somebody notes, and my teammates will be scarred forever, being robbed hits you at your core, especially when it's thousands of dollars of loss. There is no downtown recovery without an aggressive push for safety at London Breed, who is the mayor of the city of San Francisco. <clears throat> John Hamasaki decides to tell us that interesting would getting your car window broken and some stuff stolen leave you scarred forever. Is that what the suburbs do to you? Shelter you from basic city life experiences so that when they happen, you are broken to the core. What? Um, I live in. Is that dude, that dude's yeah. a lawyer, right? Correct. Yeah, that dude is a lawyer. Memo to anybody who wants to hire him as a lawyer, please notice this tweet. Mm -hmm. and, and do your basic research on lawyers, by the way. Like, find out if they have an online presence and what that online presence says about them. Um, secondly, Pat, I live in uh, the third largest city in the country, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, 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 uh-huh. Yeah, I had to think about that for a minute. Yep. Okay. And I live in arguably the most crime-ridden city, depending on how, what measure and statistic you use, right? Sure. Um, and robberies and aggravated assaults are up 30% year over year. Yeah. Okay. So... When it happens, you're, 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 it's just a ho-hum, I got robbed today. It, it, you're not allowed to experience tr the, the emotions that, that come with that. Um. Oh, and by the way, did I tell you the story about uh, three people who were pistol-whipped overnight for next to nothing? Oh, they got their phone and their wallet. That's right. People are... Robbers are willing to just go up and pistol whip somebody and take their stuff. It's just basic city life experience, right? Now, is no. it true that in major urban areas, this is more common than in rural areas? Of course. That, that's, that's true. That doesn't make it any less traumatic. Right. You know, Pat, um, there were over... over Almost 2,000 people shot in the city of Chicago last year. Tough shit. Tough it out, man. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I grew up in the rural, one of the rural parts of Ohio. Um, and uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, my, my parents being very, very comfortable living in that rural area, and considering my grandparents lived literally through the woods right down the street. Um, decided to leave their garage doors open for a good chunk of the summer. Well, some people were scouting the area, happened to notice that, and happened to decided to rob my folks. Whoa, by the way, my stepmom was home alone. So it can happen anywhere, and I can tell you from experience that this is just as traumatic. Rule or in the actual city life in and of itself. Being robbed is a traumatic experience. <clears throat> yeah, it is. No matter how it happens. It, no matter violated. if they pistol whip you or, or anything in between. Now, right. I do love a good story of, oh, really, you're going to rob me? <clears throat> Meet my nine millimeter. Yeah, yeah you want to play that game, homie? You want to die today? Mm -hmm. 
Now, I would suggest the the easiest thing to do is just to hand the stuff over and then immediately cancel all your stuff. But, um, hey Pat, somebody yeah. hits you, um, with their car. Yeah, it's just a basic city life experience, right? No. Oh, weird. It's almost as if you cannot control the human emotion as um, hear me out on this, Pat. Mm. Your human emotion in that situation is this thing called fight or flight. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, There is no controlling that. Now, there are ways in which you can train yourself to better equip your mind and your body to respond to these situations. But that ain't basic, right? That that is um, a situational awareness, to the point where I tell people when they when they are traveling to Chicago, there are three things you need to know. Do not put your headphones into your ears while walking down the street. Do not right. do it. Well, why? Because you cannot hear the things that are going on around you. You have no idea if that person walking down the street is about to do something to you. And more importantly, the second part of that is it distracts you from your ability to pay attention to the surroundings that you have in terms of visually looking around you. And I always use this as an example. I um, I took the bus to go meet up with some friends. Okay, I got off the bus and this is in a pretty nice part of town. I get off the bus and there's a couple of banks in the area. One of my friends happens to work at one of the bank branches, and we were meeting up at uh, at a establishment next door. As I'm walking towards that, I notice an individual who is taking a notice of moi. So what did I do in that scenario? What did I do? I immediately took the headphones out of my ear. I immediately took whatever I had available to me as a potential weapon and and had it in my hand, ready to do what I needed to do. And the second that I engaged in eye contact with that individual, what did they do? They went the other direction. They were going to try something, right? Potentially, yes. They, they, they totally were. Mm-hmm. We were probably within... I would say four to five yards of each other at that point. Mm. So in very close proximity and the individual was looking and, and engaging with somebody else and then turned to me as I came around the corner. Cause I have a little bit of a slight stature when you're not looking at my gut. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the point of the matter is this, it can happen in broad daylight. It can happen anywhere at any point in time in the city. Right? So take your headphones out pay attention, and engage in the surroundings that you have. And then third and most importantly, if you are taking a, the subway or the, the the L, as it's called here, stand away from the platform. A very simple way for, for you to protect yourself from any sort of crime. Why? Because if you put yourself next to or closer to the wall than the tracks, they have less chance of throwing you onto the tracks, number one, and number two, you have an opportunity to use the wall to your advantage in any sort of altercation or scuffle that's going to happen. So you have to be aware. You have to, unfortunately, disengage from, oh, I'm, I'm going to you know, zone out after work or I'm going to zone out while I'm waiting to get downtown. No. That includes getting onto the subway car or the L car, right? Keep the headphones out. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Because you never know. That's just a simple rule. Unfortunately, that's basic city experience, right? That's a basic city experience for you. Why why do you live in Chicago again? It's where I met my wife, Pat. Also, do you know how expensive it is to go from Green Bay, Wisconsin to then Chicago and then have to go to State College, Pennsylvania to go cover a, a, a football game. Very expensive. Like Sure. It, it would go from about $300 to about $900. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is also a very awesome city in and of itself. It really is. Um, outside of those types of things that happen, they are pretty much exclusive to very specific time frames and very specific areas that you have to pay attention to. So, you know, the vast majority of people are never going to have that experience. But that doesn't mean you don't prepare yourself. That doesn't mean you don't understand right. your surroundings right. and pay attention and do some basic things to protect yourself. But I, mean, I would suggest that of anybody that's visiting any city. You visit London, right? I would say right. the same thing. You visit Salt you Lake visit, City. Um, you visit, let's say, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I would suggest the same thing, by the way. Salt Lake City is, I mean, honestly, if you're going to walk downtown, I mean, there are Pay attention. spots where you need to be careful. Pay attention to your surroundings. Right. It's not that difficult. But that doesn't mean that the experience of somebody coming up from behind you and pistol whipping you and taking your information or taking all your money and your uh, your phone isn't a traumatic experience. Dumbass. All right. That being said, Pat, your worst take of the week is. Um, comes from uh, Dr. Joe Biden. Um, Dr. English. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jill Biden says it's time for men to step up for women's rights. The first lady speaking ahead of President Joe Biden, the vice president, Kamala Harris, didn't mince words as she lamented that women find themselves relegating battles that we that we thought we had won a long time ago. We need more men to hold each other accountable when women are being hurt or being left behind, she said. The Supreme Court declared last June that states can ban abortion. Since then, Republican-controlled legislatures across the country have rolled out regulations shortening the period when women can get an abortion and otherwise restricting abortion access. The fight for women's equality should have an end, the First Lady said. Um, Andrew Coppins, I, I have, oh, you have a question. Go ahead. I'll let you ask yours first. What's a woman? Well, um, I mean, I know the answer, I, but does Joe Biden know the answer? I, I, I don't think so. That, that that was one of the places I was going to go with this. But um, what what rights do um, men have that women don't? Literally none. Yeah. Also, 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 what rights do men have to become women and uh, beat their asses at sports that await oh, all of them? Yeah. Apparently, so According it is on men to 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 help the feebleness of femininity, right? Of, of womanhood, right? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, but I thought equality, and then I also thought, um, hang on a second, wait a minute, um, girl power. What happened to girl power, meaning we don't need you as men to defend us or do anything for us? And then, wait a second, don't we also have policies, Pat? Correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, Are we not talking about policies that actually hurt women because they're allowing men to beat their asses at sports? And then, oh, wait for it. Um, Loudoun County, where we allowed a 15-year-old boy to claim to be a girl and then sodomize and rape multiple girls because of their policies am i missing something here um i think maybe one thing here because they they bring up the uh issue of abortion in this what about standing up for all the unborn women i i'm also wondering why why the why in the age of empowerment and equity, right? Right. It would matter to the Dr. Jill Bidens of the world what men do or don't do for or against females. I'm curious as to the... On the one hand, we don't need you, and on the other hand, oh, please, please, please. You cannot have it both ways. I'm sorry. I mean, you might like to, right? 
So we're supposed to treat you as as not not needing any protection, right? Not needing mm-hmm. anything in society, but then please protect us. What? This is the this is the insane gerbil on the hamster, you know, the hamster on the hamster wheel, the gerbil on the gerbil wheel, right? How am I can I just get off, please? Like no, 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 I refuse to run that hamster wheel anymore. No. I I, I what the hell's going on here? Insanity. That's what's going on here. Okay, well, with that, Pat, um, how about we talk a little more insanity by going with the B or not the B for one final time this week? I think we should do that. Lay that headline on me, please. Today's headline. Yeah, yeah. Google's new chat GPT competitor, Bard, can't define woman. Google's new chat GPT competitor, Bard, can't define woman. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And while you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, it's Friday. It's the weekend. Mm-hmm. Getting ready for the weekend. If you need a bit of a pick-me-up for that for said weekend, I highly recommend going to coffeebrandcoffee.com. You've got all sorts of different great flavors of coffee over there. I highly recommend trying something that you know you're going to like. And I highly recommend trying something that, hey, I think I might like this. And then recommending it to a friend. If you're not a coffee drinker and you live in, you know, say you know my neck of the woods where it snowed last night some hot chocolate might um sound pretty good right about now uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. do that they, they do that as well uh, they also have tea yeah. so they have some alternatives if you're not a coffee drinker all you need to do though is go to coffeebrandcoffee.com use the promo code critical thinking at checkout and you'll get five percent off your purchase that's coffeebrandcoffee.com Promo code critical thinking at checkout and you'll get five percent off your purchase today. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So Google's new chat GPT competitor, Bard, can't define woman. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And your answer, Andrew Coppins. This is a really difficult one because I can see this. I I, I know that that it's Bard, um, because I got an email inviting me as a business owner to uh, to try it out. I'm going to go with this being uh, the Babylon Bee. Are you sure? No. But I'm, I'm, I'm just taking that shot in the dark. Okay. so that's But that's your final answer. Yes. You just cost us 50 bucks. This is not the bee. Oh, my God. So let me give you the, the full headline because I had to cut part of it off. Of course um, you did, because- you bastard. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Google's new chat GPT competitor, Bard Kent, define woman. It replied with a bunch of vague, woke nonsense. See, that would have been a dead giveaway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can't make it that easy on you. You know, got to give, give Izzo a break sometimes, you know. Um, so um, the, the, the question uh, that, that the... Uh, the, the user asked it is if a biological male can decide to identify as female and then becomes a woman, then what is the definition of a woman? Here's the answer that it gave. The definition of woman is not a simple one. It's a com- complex concept that has been debated by philosophers, scientists, and activists for centuries. There is no one answer that will satisfy everyone. Some people believe that a woman is someone who was born with female genitalia. Others believe that a woman is someone who identifies as female. Still, others believe that a woman is someone who performs femininity. There is no right or wrong answer. The definition of woman is up to each individual to decide. However, it is important to be respectful of other people's gender identities. If someone tells you that they identify as a woman, then you should treat them as such. That's insanity on on a mul- multitude of different levels. Um, <clears throat> not only that, Pat, have you seen what they did? When, if, if you type in like good things about uh, Biden, Obama, and Trump's presidencies? No, but I'm. I kind of want to try that now. Well, not the B did that too, and it's uh, wow. 
<clears throat> this is why when we talk about artificial intelligence, why the conversation matters is not that artificial intelligence in the wrong hands can be misused, right? In the hands of nefarious state actors. No, it's in who is creating is the problem. It, it, because it matters who codes. Yeah. It matters who creates the AI bot, the yeah. artificial intelligence, whatever, right? It matters because this can influence news, right? Right. Um, because I guarantee you news aggregator websites are going to start using AI if they haven't already to generate stories. Well, it's not even just news. It's it's being able to to how they use information. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I want people to understand that. I, I just it is how information is disseminated. It's who what kind of access you have and who's ga gatewaying that access. We already know Google is suppressing things via search. This is even worse. Right. I want to know what the benign, innocent explanation is for this. There isn't one. I, I, I know. And with that, Pat, um, it is time for us to move forward. It is time for us to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. Hit me with the four nominees this week, Pat. Well, I thought I would start off with our new person this month. Um, and that is going to be Marin Morris. Um, for those that, that don't know who that is, she's apparently a uh, pop singer. Uh, country uh, music singer. Or country, is she country music singer? Oh, yeah. 100%. She's part, she of, of, uh, she's part of a quote-unquote women's super group. Which, by the way, I saw them as part of the Chris Stapleton tour last year. Um, huh. That came here to Chicago, and they were a good group. Like it was entertaining. Yeah, uh, well, without I, the politics, I could have done without that. But yeah, I, I I don't I don't listen to uh, to country music, so that would be why I didn't know that. But anyway, um, <clears throat> anyway, she took her uh, was it her 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 well her kid. I don't I can't remember. Two if it's years a old. Yeah, two years old. Not just to a drag show, but back to the changing rooms. Oh, no, 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 no. That's mm -hmm. not what she did. I thought it was to the changing rooms. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No. Uh. So Marin Morris was going to perform a concert and, uh. and invited drag queens to show up to said concert. Uh -huh. And then invited said drag queens back to her dressing room where her two-year-old oh, was and proceeded room. to have a private showing of said drag shows. With her two-year-old. Right dead center there. That is terrible, terrible, terrible parenting. No, it's, look, I believe that. You believe that. I also want to tread lightly on... On that, okay, okay, but what makes this Richard is that um, she is doing it to thumb the nose at traditionalists, if you will, right? Those who believe in traditional Christian values. Mm -hmm. She's not doing this because she firmly believes in this. This is this is the latest shock jock value type thing, right? This is the Marilyn Manson type thing. Does Marilyn Manson believe half the crap that he talks about or pulls on stage? No. Yeah. Right? But this is this is the this this is the country music version of this. She's just attempting to push the envelope to push the envelope. Right. And in the meantime, using her two year old as a political pawn. That's the richer part of this for me. Mm. Look, I'm not gonna like I said, I, I don't think we have a right to do the that's you're a bad parent. Now, I would suggest that exposing your child to sexuality at two years old is bad, is not healthy. But if you want to pay for the 
therapy bills of your child later on in life. If you want to take the responsibility, have at it, Hoss. All right? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the same thing like if if a Christian person want, didn't want their child going through public schools and pulled them out and homeschooled them. Some people would suggest you're a bad parent. Right? Uh, sure. I don't want to go down the road of, of ascribing that type of a situation. Putting my morality onto somebody's par- parental decisions. That's a that's something I do. Well, in any case, we also have Xi Jinping as a nominee because you know he and uh, well China are aligning with uh, Vladimir Putin, who is you know more or less a war criminal at this point for what he's doing in Ukraine and basically pledging material support. Mm. Yeah, let's be real about that. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say this. If you believe for one second that Russia is interested in actually partnering with Russia, if China is interested in that partnership, no, they're not. What they're really interested in is doing what, Pat? Getting us and Russia into a fight, and then what? who comes out the backside of that a winner? Well, sure, sure. China yeah, does, they're... because China's now got all the power in the world, while the two of us have mutually assured destructed ourselves. Yep, yep. And then and then they go and they take Taiwan with no Bingo, problem. bongo, bango. And then guess who they come out as the superpower as? They do. China. Game set, 4D chess. Yeah. And, of course, you got Putin for his, you know, continued war crimes in Ukraine. Yep. Last I checked, the International Criminal Court is still seeking his arrest, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have former President Donald J. Trump. Because, well, he raised, did you know that he raised $250 million after the 2020 election? And then he told people he was going to use that money to uh, get the uh, overturn of the election results. But uh, did you also know that not a single dollar of that actually went to go and do that? And instead, he used it to... um, pay people off who went from being pro DeSantis to uh Trump a Trump booster for for $35,000 not surprising the least but still pretty richard like right yeah to to um ask for money and then not yeah so basically he amber herded yeah his own supporters yeah. 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 You suck. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You suck. Mm-hmm. So to recap, here are our nominees. We have Marin Morris. Mm-hmm. We have Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin, and Donald Trump. And your winner this week is... Man, this is a tough one. Um, Because, you know, it, it's always hard to not pick the guy that's actually, you know, committing war crimes. But we've done him so many times in the past. And then I don't know that I necessarily blame Xi Jinping for doing what he's doing. I mean, he's playing 40 chess with Russia. I mean, I I, I can kind of see that. I think the easy winner here is Donald Trump because it's not just that. It is also um, attempting to insinuate, um, how shall we say this, sexual impropriety of Ron DeSantis uh, back in Mm. the day and just – just disgusting, disgusting uh, things yeah. that he is doing on Truth Social and elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I could justify Marin Morris, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, I think Donald Trump is is, is the winner. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you're taking money and not using it for the cause, quote unquote, right? And, and as Jesse Kelly has also pointed out, has he given a single dime before declaring his presidential candidacy to any of the January 6th uh, detainees uh, in the Washington, D.C. gulag? Yeah, he has not. No. He did not pledge a single – well, he pledged money and then never actually gave it. He is the Amber Heard of the political world. <laughs> it's the reality of it, right? I pledged the money. 
Okay, but none of the money has actually ended up in the hands of the places that you pledged. Right. I pledged the money. That means you actually have to give the money to. That that does not exactly how that works. But hey, congratulations, you pledged it. Okay, Donald Amber Heard Trump. And with that, Pat, it is time for us to talk about our best takes of the week. You get to go first on this one. Okay. Your best take of the week is... So, Ron DeSantis, uh, well, he tackles China. Uh, He calls them the biggest threat to the U.S., won't tolerate invasion of Taiwan, and he said he would ban TikTok. And in regards to the TikTok thing, he said, uh, I think it's a security risk. They are harvesting so much data on our citizens. There are a whole bunch of other apps and stuff that are out there. And honestly, Pierce, I've got to... I've got young kids. I don't want our kids on some of this stuff. It's not healthy for them. The TikTok in China is is sanitized. It's more wholesome. Here, they're putting a lot of bad stuff too. But so I I think it has some coercive impact, but that in of itself wouldn't be enough. What's enough though is how they're harvesting that you to use against the American people. Okay, so I'm always kind of hesitant to just ban something. But in this case, in this particular case, I think he's on to something. Okay. Because, and yes, you could make the argument that China is spying on us in other ways. Like, like I, I, I get that too. Oh, yeah, they are. I mean, there's not an institution of our life that they do not have. Right, I'm not denying that. A pretty firm grasp on. I yeah, and I'm not again. I'm not denying any of that. That being said, um, if you've been paying attention to some of the hearings that have been going on in Congress with uh, the the TikTok CEO and and all that stuff, and and all the allegations that have been made about you know TikTok being tied to the Chinese Communist Party, at a minimum should be banned for any and all elected officials to be using um, for that reason. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if you look at, you know, Huawei and other companies mm-hmm. that are literally directly owned by the Chinese communist party. Yeah. You know, all of those sorts of things. And, and look, there isn't a company that is, doesn't have an indirect tie to the Chinese communist party because that's how right. their system works. Right. In order for foreign investment to happen, you have to, formulate a corporation right that basically owns the actual company so that people can throw their investment dollars into whatever offshore account right and Mm -hmm. then that's really what they're investing in and then that that company actually owns the company in china which is partly owned and and has the books wide open to the chinese communist party because again that is how their capitalistic or well communist capitalistic system works well, and so my my ultimate point here is why why would you give them it with with them being such a especially I I would consider them an enemy of of the United States at this point why would you give them any more power why would you give them that information secondly I you know and I I would put this more on the parents than on on government but why would you let your kids on TikTok at this point knowing that information and. And, and I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but the Blaze, um, Glenn mm-hmm. Beck actually deleted their their TikTok account, and uh, it, it's always been interesting to me because I've never been on TikTok. I refuse to get on TikTok. My wife is on it, but I refuse, and I never will be on TikTok. I've never downloaded the app. If it comes preloaded on my phone, I delete it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's 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 never going to be a thing for me. But uh, for me. The reason why this is my best take is I see where he's going with this. Why why would we give our enemy any kind of power, information, data on us if we can avoid it? Yeah. Um, having worked in the startup technology app world, I understand the power of data and what access people have to right. that data, right? So, for instance, we our company – we were focused on controlling the data around your movement activity, right? Meaning, okay, how often are you going to a parking garage or how often are you circling a block or 
um, the GPS type of data, right? That we can know how often things are happening and be able to target market and, and all that sort of stuff, right? We're also interested in silo, siloing off that data and taking good care of that data. The issue with TikTok for me is twofold. And Ron DeSantis is correct that it has it has some cultural issues to it. And, and to his point that uh, that I would suggest that kids are kids under I would say anybody under the age of 18 should not be on TikTok in any oh, way, shape or form. Absolutely. Now, here's the problem, though, is that Ron DeSantis for me, Ron DeSantis and other people. That's the case that they're really attempting to use, right? That's the cudgel that they're attempting to use. This is cultural gut rot, and we need to stop it because of that. Okay, but you as a parent still have control over that phone. You as a parent still have control over what you expose your child to or not. Well, well, they could still see it at school, right? But then that's on you as a parent to have the conversation with your child as to why, right? Because it's not just because, well, there are things that you might be exposed to that are whatever. It is because we're not going to expose you, not just to culturally bad things, but things that will have influence on your mind, okay, Um, that you don't even understand or have the capability to discern reality from fake. There are a lot of fake things that exist on TikTok, right? There are a lot of fake things, <clears throat> but that's a that's a parental thing to your point, right? But right. how often right. are we seeing that that be the thing that that is the focus of politicians? The real thing is we. And here's how I know that this exists. What did TikTok do as they were going through the hearings this week? They updated their terms of service and updated how their app actually works. Well, if, if if this is true that none of this stuff is actually going to China or whatever, why, why do you need to make those kinds of changes? Right. Is it because you're attempting to um, placate? Potentially. Now, I have TikTok, and I've struggled with the same thing, right? But here's the reality for me, Pat. There's 150 million Americans that have TikTok right now. Right. 150 million. That's roughly almost half. That's at least 45% of all of America is on TikTok. Now, my business is to what? Attract the most amount of people? And where's the biggest bang for your buck on a marketing level? TikTok. I don't have to spend a dime, right? And I can get in front of potentially thousands of people that might become clients. Right, that might want to buy a home or sell a home or do anything, right? Right. Marketing where people exist is as old as time, right? Sure. So so I only use it for that perspective. However, I also can see the cultural rot. I can also see the point of they have access to a lot of data that they shouldn't have access to. But again, I can also say this. We as individuals and we as consumers of products, I think this, one of the things that our education system fails to do is educate on how technology influences our life and more importantly, user agreements and all of the things. How many people actually know what type of data a specific app is is, is collecting on you? How many of them How many people know what to look for in quality apps versus dangerous apps? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. I would suggest that nobody is reading a user agreement, right? Nobody does. You just click accept, right? Click accept and go on. I want, I want, I want. I would suggest that we have to become discerning consumers as well. There is a responsibility on the individual to make a choice too. To your point, right? You've made that choice based off of the information and the the non-need to be in front of people uh, like that. And here's the other rub, right? Well, you have competitors like YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels and Facebook Reels, right? You have all of that sort of stuff that's out there. Why not just go there? Well, the difference is in the algorithm that you can get in front of, 
right? The algorithm of TikTok allows me the potentiality to get in front of way more people than a reel would because a reel is going to require me to follow very specific things and to put very specific things in. It is much more difficult to get an organic audience on those things. So yes, they exist, but they are tools that are not as efficient and as quality for those attempting to market. So I, I firmly agree that this is a good take from a perspective of having a grasp on, number one, the responsibility of parents and the responsibility of us to have this conversation about the culture side of things. And then can we agree that we should probably not go down this road anymore? Okay, great. We also need to have a national security conversation, agreed. But then we also need to have a consumer education situation happening here so that people can look and not get hooked into these things um, more often than not. Beware what you're buying. Beware what you're downloading. Beware, beware, beware. And if you're okay with the, the information, right, that is a you thing. And I think that's the role that government needs to play here. It's not necessarily banning this, right? It is educate the consumer as to the dangers that can exist, knowing what they're attempting to do with the company. This isn't, this is not just a, let's put it this way. They have an agenda, right? This is right. not just a wholesome, come what may situation. They have an agenda to drive. That's where I'm at. Okay. Fair enough. So that having been said, Pat, I think it's time to move on to my best take of the week. And this is probably the thing that I cannot stop laughing about the most from this week. It happened last night and we caught it live here at the Coppins household, by the way. And my wife was in tears over this. And I want to play the full segment, not just the quote, so that everybody understands what the hell was actually going on here. Um, and this is from the coverage of the NCAA tournament last night in between the two games on TBS where they had uh, the in-studio thing and an interview with the brand new um, NCAA chairman. Baker, who officially assumed his position earlier this month, Clark and I spoke with him earlier, asked about his number one priority moving forward. Well, there is this basketball tournament that landed just about the same time I landed. I think the other thing I would speak to specifically is trying to create some what I would call consumer protections for families and student athletes around uh, name, image and likeness, which the, one of the ADs referred to as uh, the only thing that's true about it at this point is everybody lies. Mm -hmm. So I would love to create some transparency and accountability around that so that families actually know um, what they're getting into. And I would really like to see some sort of uniform standard contract so that when somebody signs it, they know they're signing the same kind of agreement everybody else is signing. And in that, along those lines, how do you anticipate that being done and accomplished going forward? Well, there's a couple opportunities there. One is obviously we're going to talk some with the folks in Washington about this. And there's a fair amount of appetite to try to de deal with this. They've been hearing from a lot of the same people I've been hearing from. Um, but I think it's incumbent on the NCAA to also develop a program that we believe we could implement uh, if the if the feds can't actually put something together on their own. The only problem with it is um, if the feds do it, all 50 states comply. If we do it, we have to perhaps nudge some states and their collegiate programs into participating because they may have state laws that don't require that they play. Chuck, you're shaking your head. <laughs> Did he say we're going to ask the politicians to help us? See, that that pisses me off already. Our politicians are awful people. As I talked to Clark earlier, because I asked him about y'all conversation, I would actually go to people who actually care about basketball, not looking at it just themselves. I would put a committee together. I would love for Clark to be on the committee, get some coaches, get some players, and let's try to work this thing out. We can't ask these politicians nothing. Those people are awful people, Democrats and Republicans. They're all crooks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it was so great. To what you didn't see there is the reaction of Clark Kellogg when he said they're all crooks. Oh, the price, the priceless look on his face, and and the backtracking that he attempted to do there, just to uh oh, uh oh. 
<laughs> Charles Barkley, they're all crooks. Well, well, did you see? Did you see Kenny Smith's reaction when he said that? Yeah, he just put his pen. I was like, "Oh, come on, man!" Like, <laughs> oh no, oh no, oh no! On this road. <laughs> oh, that was so great, Charles Barkley, telling it like it is, because he's right. They're awful people, by and large. There are some good people out there. Um, I would, I would suggest that Ron DeSantis is probably a good example of somebody who's a good person. Um, just from what I know about how he's treated his family and the things that he does for them, um, there's a very few and far between it. Uh, because here's the reality, right? To get into politics, to put that in the, that or to make it a career, as some people have, you have got to have the uh, most tremendous of egos, right? And that generally means you're a terrible, awful human being uh, with very few scruples. And that's proven out over time, right? I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I I've always liked Charles Barkley personally. Uh, yeah, I've 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 always found him to be a very um blunt individual and mm. uh somebody who's I shouldn't say I've always liked him. I've always um enjoyed his candidness. I'm I, gonna, yeah, I, like, I like his commentary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hilarious. Absolutely f- that that was so great. So knows like nail because it's terrible, terrible, horrible. They're they're terrible, horrible people. <laughs> oh, bravo to Chuck! All right. So with that, Pat, your final thoughts on this week? Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And Donald Trump is the Amber Heard of politics. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals this weekend. And as always, Matthew. 547. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.